Coming to you recorded but live from the Monarch Theatre Studios in beautiful western Massachusetts, this is the Radio Eclectic, the show that gives you music and conversation like radio back in the 1970s and 80s when music was king. For the next hour, brand new music and banter that will just fill the space between great songs. So sit back, relax, put on your headphones, and tune out the rest of the world. You're in my house now. I'm the Matt Man. This is the Radio Eclectic, a presentation of Monarch Media, a division of of Monarch Comics. This never happened to the other fellow. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're getting a chance to listen. Thank you for joining me on the October episode of the Radio Eclectic. As usual, I'm your host, The Matt Man, and this show is going to be truly eclectic. Now, I did say October, so is it just me or did this year just fly by? Last week, I was in the beautiful state of Iowa for Amazon, and if you didn't know this about me... I'm a safety manager in Connecticut, and they sent me there to support a delivery station. So I want to shout out to the awesome people at DIA4 and my Pathfinder partner, Haley. And if you couldn't tell, Haley is spelled with two Y's, not just one, two. Great people, but I came home with an unhealthy obsession for the University of Iowa's mascot, Herky. Dude is freaking awesome. You can check out my Facebook page to see how bad it truly is. Now, another thing I've become obsessed with is the band Nitrate. Their new album called Feel the Heat is being released on Friday the 13th of October. But unlike bad things on Friday the 13th, like camp killers and bloody gross stuff, the album is amazing. The entire album is a perfect blend of melodic rock and 80s awesome, and you're going to hear that as soon as I stop talking. I'm so into this album that I have already picked up the previous three, so you know it's got to be good, right? Nick Hogg on bass, Alexander Strandell on vocals, Tom Martin and Richard Jocks on guitar, Alex Cooper on drums, and the secret weapon, James Martin on keyboards. This is brand new from Nitrate. This is All the Right Moves.
On Facebook, it is Nitrate Official, and on Instagram, Nitrate Official Band. And as I said before, Feel the Heat's going to be released on October 13th from our good friends at Frontiers Music. Stick around, folks. This show, like I said, is going to be quite possibly the most eclectic show I have ever recorded. If you have never heard of Broadbrook, Connecticut, don't worry about it too much. Not only is it my hometown, but it's the home of the Broadbrook Opera House. Founded in 1892 and reestablished again in 2018, it's a home for all of your event needs, like weddings and parties and private events. It's a beautiful old building that has a lot of special memories for me, and now is the home for some great live music. The venue has an amazing sound system, perfect performance stage, and great viewing no matter where you are seated. There is plenty of parking, and I will guarantee you this, no matter who you go see there, You will enjoy the experience so much, you'll be looking for every and any opportunity to go back. On the web, it's broadbrookoperahouse.com. You can like them on Facebook and check out their ever-growing list of concerts. Rock, pop, soul, classic rock, alternative, national acts, and homegrown talent. The Broadbrook Opera House is where you will now call home. For an up-to-date list of all concerts, go to broadbrookoperahouse.com and click Live Shows. On October 6th, Dead Man's Waltz. October 7th, Neil Young's Harvested 50. 13th, Double Vision, The Foreigner Experience. On October 20th, Dwayne Betts and Palmero Motel. October 21st, Greg Hawks with Eddie Japan performing The Music of the Cars. Magician Andy Gross on October 27th. And on October 28th, Friends of the Brothers, an Almond Brothers tribute band. So that is the heaviest song that we're going to be playing today on the show, guaranteed. That was Elm Street from their latest album, the soon-to-be-released Great Tribulation that was The Price of War. Now, I met the guys a few years back when they opened up for Dirk Schneider at the Worcester Palladium, spent some time chatting with the guys, and found out that vocalist Ben Botris is a huge Striper fan. 
so much of a fan that he's got 777 tattooed down his leg. And Ben looks real sexy with that new short hair. Aaron Addy on lead guitar, Nick Inkovich on bass, and Tomislav Perovic on drums. That is Elm Street. Can't wait to see these guys in the States very soon. The Great Tribulation is going to be released on Massacre Records on October 27th. It's a great, great album and even better human beings. Now, did I mention that they were from Australia? Maybe not. They're from Australia. Now, we're going to slow things down so much for a song that is a lot less punch you in the face musically, but it is definitely going to get you emotionally. This past summer, I had the thrill and honor of being a judge at a songwriting competition going on in my area in Western, almost central Mass. This competition brought together so many amazing singer-songwriters who competed for fabulous cash and prizes, and the whole event was put together by my good friend Amanda Mealy. One of the performers, John Wayne, got up there, said hi, and began to play. Now, I was floored because as he was singing and playing, there was a really weird connection between the two of us. And it wasn't until he finished and mentioned that he was in recovery, much like me. No matter how many years you have or your addiction of choice, there is a kinship between people that have suffered and struggled and are in recovery. Now, when I got sober, I had to walk away from music so I could stop doing what I was doing. John uses his music as his help, his support, and an outlet. And we're all the better for it, by the way. This is John Wayne and Luckiest Guy. Enjoy. You know, a friend of mine told me once, the luck occurs when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. It's funny how that works. I never saw a flower work too hard to grow I couldn't picture Time to see her face. So much talent out there, no matter where you live. And I keep wondering when we're going to run out of songs, notes, and ideas for songs. But as long as creative people create, I don't think we really have to worry. www.johnwayneexperience.com or on Facebook, John W. Cormier Jr. And in the next episode, I'm going to be featuring another song from one of the amazing folks who competed. (laughs) 
And now it's time for the Rockversation, and this month it's with Joe Height, who is the piano player vocalist for Daybreak. It's a tribute to Barry Manilow. And no matter how fast, how loud, or how heavy music is that I may be listening to, there always needs to be a sense of melody, a lot of emotion, great vocals, and some drama. And that I get from Barry Manilow. I even loved Barry before I even knew who the Beatles were. So not only getting to talk to Joe a few days before his show in Providence just made the experience of that show even that much better. And the show was fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids of all ages, Joe Height. Looking in their eyes, I see a memory. So my introduction to the music and magic of Barry Manilow was hearing Weekend in New England on my little blue transistor radio back in 1976. Instantly, I was sucked in. So Joe, for you, what was the moment in your life that you first discovered Manilow magic? Well, I have six sisters and five of them are older than I am. So they were very much into Barry Manilow when I was a kid. First Barry Manilow song I ever heard was Mandy because they were cranking it in my living room. And I something about the drama and the motion of that song, like to, to me, that's the thing that grabs people about Barry Manilow. He's into these songs when he sings them. He's, he's very much a part of the story of the song, when you can tell. And I remember just being grabbed by his emotion in that song, even as a little kid. From that point on, I just kind of was like, who is this guy? And uh, and where's the rest of his music? And I just kind of got into Barry Manilow after that. Now, were you a kid growing up in the 70s? Yes, I was. Same with me. You know, back in those days, you could listen to... Barry Manilow, you could listen to Kiss, you could listen to the Bee Gees all at the same time and not miss a beat because it was just great music. I mean, was it like that for you as well, especially having older sisters? Yes, absolutely. I feel like the 70s, just across the board in every genre, was the best era for music. Now, was Barry Manilow the reason that you became a piano player or were there other influences or... Were you kind of on that path anyway? No, I was, I've been playing the piano since I was five, and, and I just started playing. It was one of those things I just knew how to play. I, I remember I stayed home sick from kindergarten one day, and I was just laying there on the couch, and I suddenly saw the piano as a musical instrument. I was like, hey, that thing's not just something to put your books on. And I went and knew how to play. I sat down and just could play. And so I was, from that point on, I just became obsessed with playing the piano. And Barry Manilow wasn't really on my radar Right away. In fact, even like I said, even when I heard Mandy and got into Barry Manilow, it was more about his singing than his piano playing. For me, it was guys like Stevie Wonder and Billy Joel that were influencing my piano playing once I got into it. It's interesting because I feel the same way about Barry Manilow as I do about Eric Clapton. That, yes, Eric Clapton is one of the greatest guitar players that ever lived, but it's his voice. And it yes. is his songs that drag me in, much like Barry Manilow. Yes, exactly. It was the songs and the singing. Other than Barry Manilow, what were some of the other music that you were listening to at the time and digesting in your teen years? It took me a really long time to get into rock music. I didn't get into rock music until I was in high school. And before that, I was listening to a lot of Stevie Wonder and Aretha Franklin and Steely Dan and, and stuff like that. I saw Barry Manilow back in 1994. It was the only time I've ever seen him live. And I can remember my wife and I thinking that every single song was a hit. Everything, hit after hit. Not only were the songs great, but he was an incredible showman. And he really made this huge place, it was Great Woods and Mansfield Mass, really made you all feel like he was singing just for you. And I'm wondering, did you ever get to see Barry live? I saw him not that long ago, maybe four or five months ago out in Vegas. I didn't get to see him when he was young and spry at all, but but I saw him this recent time in Vegas, and he is still doing exactly that. He's still just Barry Manilow. I mean, he loves it and you can tell and he's just got this way of connecting with an entire stadium full of people it wasn't a stadium anymore it was a Westgate it was a showroom that Elvis used to play in but I mean he just connects with his crowds in a, in a way that not a lot of entertainers do What was the evolution of Daybreak? You didn't just blow dry your hair, get on a white suit and say, I'm going to play Barry Manilow exclusively. So 
unless it was that easy. What was the process? No, it was not at all. In fact, it was not even my idea. I was just being a musician in piano bars like I'd been doing for years and years. A friend of mine in Milwaukee, I'm originally from Milwaukee. I live in Florida now, but I'm from Milwaukee, and I done most of my playing there and there's a guy there named Bruce Peterson who was uh he was promoting shows up there and he had done a little work with me and so he, he was aware of me and he came to me years ago like a few years ago now and this is how long I put him off because we're a fairly new band and he said listen just hear me out I have this idea I think you could sound like this guy I think you kind of look like this guy I think this would be a really great thing um and he was like Barry Manilow and I was like come on really and, and so he showed me he actually took out he came with prepared with like audiovisual aids and stuff because that guy like this big picture of Barry Manilow he had printed out and he covered sort of parts of his face and he's like showing me the remainder of his face he's like who is that I'm like that's kind of me so I do sort of a little bit especially once I get you know all my stuff on and, and, and sort of put all the Barry Manilow-esque things on that I do for the show it, it, I end up looking quite a bit like Barry Manilow and my voice naturally sounds a bit like his I, I don't have to do a whole lot while I'm singing to, to get myself there it's, it's pretty natural already so he had this idea and I stiff-armed him for quite a while I was like all right sounds great I'll think about it and I went back down to Florida and just kind of didn't call him and, and he stayed on me and stayed on me and eventually he was like uh, listen just do me a favor make me a demo of you singing just a kind of a verse and a chorus of like four Barry Manilow songs so I did and as I was mixing it to send to him even I was, I was like I sound like Barry Manilow in this demo so I sent it to him and he flipped out he's like do you hear this he's like you gotta do this so I'm like well great but where are we gonna find musicians and so he sent the demo to some other people and they were all equally enthusiastic about it and ended up kind of finding floor some great florida musicians for me so now we've got this eight-piece band and we put the whole thing together and wrote a great show and got all the logistics in line and here we are i recently admitted in my new book which is a kid's book monkey see sea monkey that as a kid i used to hide my barry Manilow albums under my bed for fear of persecution so <laughs> most of my life I was a closet fanalo, and what was it like for you? I mean, obviously you mentioned you had sisters. I had an older sister, but she would have been the worst one to come down on me. So what was it like for you growing up? And, you know, liking Barry wasn't cool back then. It wasn't, but really, I mean, I was a kid who was at age five, and from then on, every day, completely obsessed with playing the piano. So cool wasn't exactly a concern <laughs> of mine. You know, all the other kids in the neighborhood were out playing football and baseball, and I was in my sunroom playing the piano. <laughs> that ship sailed for me pretty early on. I wasn't too worried about it, cool or not. Now let's talk a little bit about the set list. We know there's going to be the hits, but how do you decide what else is going to be in the set list? We're not playing for three hours or anything. We said so we, we basically, I mean, and he's got so many hits. So, I mean, it's kind of like just about every song we play is something every, that someone in there is going to go, oh, thank God he's playing this song, you know? So, because it, it's all music, obviously, and it's a show and it's, and it's songs, but it's there's a lot of information and there's sort of a storytelling element to it where, where we give a lot of Barry Manilow facts and a lot of the history of his career and that kind of dictates the songs too like where do we want to go from here in the story of Barry Manilow and, and song will present itself as the obvious thing to play at that point you know now, are there any songs that you would love to perform but you just don't think the crowd may get into it or may not understand why this particular one is here not really because what I have found so far in doing this is that Barry Manilow fans more than more than the fans of, of most other artists that I'm aware of really know his stuff you know, I mean, it's hard to find a song of Barry Manilow's that's so obscure that it's not going to make someone up in the crowd. They know his deep cuts. They know every lyric. They, these fans are rabid and they get it. So, I mean, and that's also, I mean, this is, there's pressure on anyone who's going to set out to do a Barry Manilow tribute because you better get your stuff right because these fans are on top of his music. They get it. So it's hard to find something that's so obscure that brings someone, some part of the house down. Here, I'm going to name a couple songs, and I'm just going to throw them in there. You don't have to say anything, because I don't want you to say, oh, that's not going to be in there, but these are the ones. So Sweet Life, I Am Your Child, Sandra, Very Strange Medley, Ships, and the most underrated Barry Manilow song of all time, Read Em and Weep. Just saying, <laughs> those are them. If I hear them, I'll be excited. If not... 
I'm not going to be disappointed, but I'm really looking forward to everything else. By the time that people hear this, I'll have seen Daybreak perform at the Stadium Theater in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, and you you guys are playing out quite a bit. You've got some shows coming up. From the stage, and I know it's very limited because you have a spotlight on you, but what can you see as far as reactions from the fans? Do you just see adulation when you may hit a couple notes, or do you even see tears from people? Yes, I see tears all the time. That's what I mean about these fans. They are so into it and they obviously know that i'm not very manlow but they treat me almost like i am because if you do a pretty good job of representing his music and our band we got an eight-piece incredibly talented band so that it sounds like very manlow's music i mean it sounds good it sounds close and and these people get into it and I, I can't see the crowd every show sometimes the lighting is such that i just see silhouettes but when i can see the crowd i see yeah, there's emotion on their faces. They're singing every word. And I've seen a ton of tears. And I've had people tell me after the show that I couldn't see. They're like, you guys was crying through the whole thing. Yeah, these people are. It brings something back to these people. That's I think, too, that's a another element of, of music as iconic as Barry Manilow's is, is that it transports some of these a lot of people back to periods of their lives, you know, and I think there's just a ton of nostalgia involved in, in going to a very Manilow show or a tribute show even, you know, these people love this music. That goes right into my next question that I put that Barry Manilow to me isn't just music, it's my life, it's memories, and, and really it is who I am. It it set me up for my musical likes growing up the rest of my life. And is there any particular song, you mentioned Mandy was the first one you can remember, but is there any particular song that really floods you with emotion and really takes you back to a different time? Yeah, I think like you said, Weekend, Weekend in New England always grabbed me. And I think that that song, just the way he sings it, just like with Mandy, but also I think that's just the... The way that it, all his songs build, he's just he's the master of building from you know changes and stuff. But I mean, something about the melody of Weekend in New England and just that the drama of, of that melody, especially when it gets to the end, and it's, uh, it's something else. So I think that one, and I don't even there's nothing there's no imagery in that song. There's no situation in my life that is similar to the story of that song. It's just that song. I just remember always being really grabbed by it, and and, and just. So that's what, it just takes me back to wherever I was and whatever I was doing when I was being grabbed by that song, you know? I still have the original 45 that I bought way back in 1976. Um, that's awesome. It's on Arista Records. I bought it at Bradley's, and it was like six for a dollar or some weird thing like that. But <laughs> I look at that, and I can picture being that little kid sitting in the car, coming home, going, just thinking, I can't wait to get home. That was the first 45 I ever bought. Barry Manilow Alive was the first album that I ever bought. I was sick. My parents brought it home for me, and it just changed my life. And like I said, I can listen to Barry Manilow and the Sex Pistols all all mixed in together, and to me, it's just amazing music that means so much to me. I can't wait to hear you, and if you're going to be hearing some... 55-year-old dude blubbering in the back with, you know, spiky hair. That's going to be me. And if you hear somebody going, can you stop? You're embarrassing me. That'll be my wife. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I, I look forward to meeting you there. Joe, where can people find out more about Daybreak and check you out um, and see where you're coming? Well, we've got a website, and the URL there is just BarryManilowTributeBand.com. Or we are on Facebook if you search Daybreak, a tribute to Barry Manilow. And we are on Instagram at Barry Manilow Tribute Band. And you're also represented by Blue Raven Entertainment, who represents several friends of mine. Steve Brown from Trickster, who was in Wizards uh-huh. of Winter. And then Beyond Purple, the Deep Purple Tribute Band. My dear friend Jimmy Bell, who's one of the greatest guitar players ever, he's in there. Yeah. So Blue Raven takes care of a lot of good music. They're a great agency. Well, Joe, thank you so much. I can't wait to meet you and hear some great music and uh, continued success and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Looking in their eyes I see a memory
If you're anything like me, you like your food, like your music, with a little bit of volume. For most of my life, I suffered from bad sinuses that dulled my taste buds. I really couldn't taste anything. But when I got my sinuses fixed about 20 years ago, I developed a love of hot sauces. And a few years ago, I discovered an amazing set of sauces from a very unlikely source. Ron Bumblefoot Thal is not only an amazing musician and a great guy, but his line of hot sauces are simply amazing. And they're also award-winning. There are three sauces to choose from. The sauce, which is a traditional flavorful hot sauce that gives you heat and a nice flavor. My favorite, Bumbalicious, is fruity, smoky, and it has a slight kick that I love on a nice chicken sandwich. It's Bumbalicious. And the third, dear Lord, this one's called Bumble Eft. Once you try it, you'll know what the F stands for. It is one of the hottest things I have ever eaten. It burns and it burns bad. But it certainly adds the spicy to my sweet and spicy chili. You can go to www.unitedsauces.com and make your order. And again, let me recommend Bumblelicious for anything you want to give a kick to, the sauce for casual dining, and Bumble Eft for when you want to turn up the heat. But again, be warned, it is that hot. And of course, for all things Romfowl, you can go to bumblefoot.com. And if you hear sort of a noise that's not your thing that you're listening to, it's my cat Wolfie. Wolfie decided to come up and join me, and I love the guy so much, he can go and do whatever he wants. Now, if you didn't already know this, I am the voice of 53.5, the official Striper podcast. And interesting that October 4th, Michael Sweet and I celebrated our eighth friend anniversary. The latest episode of 53.5 will be out next week with my guest Joel Holkstra. It's going to be a great show, great interview. You're going to enjoy it. But here and now, we're going to feature Michael Sweet and another really cool guy, Alessandro Del Vecchio, in a project they're calling Soul Driver. Now, I don't know any of the release information, except it will be out on Frontiers, and I would guess maybe a mid-November release. The album's going to be called Return Me to Light, and teaming up with these two is going to be something special. And here's the first song from the album. This is... Rise again.
And time right now for a little trip to the past, courtesy of Rock Candy Magazine and Rock Candy Records. Again, the best-smelling magazine out there. The latest issue, which I'm holding in my hands right now. You can hear pages flipping. Think you can? Not sure if you can, but that's to prove I actually have a magazine here. Sometimes things like that work a little better with video. But the latest issue has Leonard Skinner on the cover and a huge story about the band. Also, Wasp, FM, Faster Pussycat, Cheap Trick, Lynch Mob, Steve Morse, so many more. You can pick up the latest issue at Barnes & Noble or wherever you get your magazines. And I haven't gotten through this one yet. I'm about three quarters of the way through. And I'm usually good with a few albums to purchase after reading the review section. But don't forget, Rock Candy is also a record label for the best reissues ever. A lot of new releases coming out, including classic re-releases from Night Ranger, Vixen, 38 Special, Loverboy, and so many more. Now, this episode, we're going to focus on Taiketo, because a few weeks back, I got to see Danny Vaughn live, and that guy still has the voice. It was an acoustic show, so it was all just him. There's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. What you hear is what you get. Taiketo's debut was called Don't Come Easy, and it is one of the strongest debuts ever. And from that one, I want to play my favorite from an album of favorites. This is Forever Young.
great, great song, great memories. In the next month or so, I'm going to have for you my interview with Danny Vaughn, which was a lot of fun. Done on this yellow couch, just perfect. The couch has nothing to do with the interview. I just wanted to mention that because I'm looking at the picture right now and thinking, man, that couch is is yellow. www.rockcandyrecords.com for music, rockcandymag.com for the magazine, and for Danny, you can go to dannyvaughn.com or taikato.com. It was a great show, great guy, and just a lifetime of amazing music. Over the past few months, I have seen The Unforgettable Fire performing the music of U2, Bad Animals, The Heart Tribute, and Double Vision, The Foreigner Experience. On stage, these bands were amazing, performing some of the greatest songs of all time. Off stage, the members were fantastic. They were friendly, cordial, and really appreciative of everybody's time. Behind the scenes, at least I'm told, that booking these bands and dealing with their agency is not like doing business at all. Diving a bit deeper, I discovered that the entertainment group for these bands and many more is Panzeiler Entertainment. If you are getting out there to experience some live music or looking to book some great artists and deal with a top-notch agency, go to panzeiler.com. There you're going to get information on the artists, also including Beginnings, a celebration of the music of Chicago, 33 and a Third Lives Killer Queen Experience, and so many more. Also for original artists like Rick Emmett, Joel Holkstra, Brandon Gibbs, and Chasm Sultan. Over the next bunch of months, you're going to hear some interviews that I have done with Panzeiler clients, thanks to my great friends at the Robert Opera House. And know that if you're booking a Panzeiler artist, you're going to have first-rate service and support from Kathy and the gang. If you're going to go see one of these artists, you are in for an incredible time of music, memories, and fun. That website, www.panzeiler.com, and that is P-A-N-Z-Y. L-E-R. You know, it's really funny. I recorded this segment without even having my microphone in. And now we come to the part of the show where we talk a little bit about my other passion, comic books. This segment's brought to you by Monarch Comics. Comics the way they used to be? Fun. Now, I've been pleasantly surprised at some comic books and struggling with others lately, but let's focus on the positive. Some number one issues that have come out, because there's been a lot of them. Batman and Robin number one, a great start. Flash number one was a solid read with a lot going on. Wonder Woman number one is a great story, beautiful art, and has a huge scope to it. Birds of Prey, awesome. Captain America, fantastic. Daredevil number one, mm -hmm. the jury's kind of still out on that one. I didn't swoon, but I'll give it a couple more issues to really hopefully cement that I'm going to like it. Fire and Ice number one was surprisingly good. I didn't expect anything from it and was really blown away. Now, two indie books that really made an impact on me. Obviously, Usagi Ojimbo number one, Ice and Snow. This is the return to Dark Horse Comics, where... Usagi belongs and Stan Sakai belong and AWA's rumpus room. It's weird. It's wild. It's gross. It's beautifully written and drawn. It's a lot of fun. Visit monarchcomics.com for some amazing books and characters like Witch Hunter and the saga of Evil Monkey Man. These books have all been collected into trade, so don't wait. Join the adventure right now. You know, has a new album out now. Ronnie Romero. His latest album is called Too Many Lies, Too Many Masters, and if the name and voice sound familiar, Ronnie is the voice of Rainbow, Michael Schenker Group, Lords of Black, Sunstorm, The Ferryman, and now Elegant Weapons. What I love about this is that Ronnie gets to be himself. He sings his own songs in his own style. An amazing voice and a really great album. Released last month from Frontiers, this is Ronnie Romero in Chased by Shadows.
Witch hunts aren't about hunting witches. They never were. Anyone who knows me has accepted the fact that comic books are an important part of my life. I've been reading and absorbing the comic book culture since 1974, and I look at the 70s and early 1980s as a great time for comic book fans. Back then, there was so much variety, style, and quality in not only the art and story, but in the overall production. There is one comic company that holds true to those principles, delivering quality comics, books, and trade collections. Monarch Comics has been delivering action, suspense, and humor since 2007. Monarch Comics lineup includes the award-winning and wicked funny saga of Evil Monkey Man and their flagship title, Witch Hunter. This book has received rave reviews from everyone, including Kirkus and comic legend Jim Shooter, who said, Monarch Comics won't let you down. Not only does Monarch have comics, but they also have a line of books, Monarch Books. The latest from Monarch Books is Black Sabbath, The Vinyl Testament. You can find everything you need to know by going to www.monarchcomics.com. On Facebook, it's Monarch Comics. Just look for Witch Hunter. Monarch Comics and books are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and comic book stores worldwide. And that is going to do it for the October episode of The Radio Eclectic. My thanks to Joe Height from Daybreak for joining us. Thank you to the bands and labels that provide the music and you, the fans that take time out of your day to listen to the show, to support their favorite artists and musicians. And I do have one more song, though. Closer to the Truth is the debut album from a band called King's Crown, featuring Lee Small on vocals, Martin Cronland on guitars, Anders Skog on keyboards, Bas Burr Holmgren on bass, and Ponus Engburn on drums. I'm the Matt Man. Have yourself a good one until we rock again soon. This album comes out on October 13th. This is Still Alive.
And that is going to do it for another episode of The Radio Eclectic. I hope that you enjoyed our time together as much as I did, and I really hope that you discovered some great music. Now go out, spread the word that awesome music is alive and well. From my website to find out where all my podcasts are and my monthly album charts, www.originalnatman.weebly.com. My latest book, Black Sabbath, The Vinyl Testament from Monarch Books, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, and so many other booksellers. Signed books can be attained by contacting me at matmancomics at yahoo.com or by visiting my Etsy store, Original Matman. The Radio Eclectic is a presentation of Monarch Media, a subsidiary of Monarch Comics. Monarch can be found at monarchcomics.com and on Facebook, just look for the picture of the smirking witch hunter. Thank you to all who support this show and make it more than just me talking for an hour because nobody wants that. I'm the Matman. Thank you for sharing your time with me and have yourself a good one till we rock again soon. <laughs>